We just finished a, a series called Set Apart, and we started off the year with a focus on prayer and fasting. How many of you are happy that prayer and fasting is done? I, I am, I'm very happy that prayer and fasting is done. Fasting is one of the, my least favorite activities. My wife is a really good cook, and she cooks really good Filipino food, and it's torture to not be able to, to eat when she cooks. And now that I have high cholesterol, I can even eat less of that good food. But that's okay, because God is good. <laughs> um, we, we finished off the prayer and fasting, and we're going into this new series that's focused on the Word. And we do this every year. We focus on uh, jumping into the Word and journaling through uh, Scripture. And so uh, this morning, I'm just going to talk about the importance of the Word. A lot of times... Getting into the Word is not the easiest thing for many people because when they read through Scripture, they read through it and they're like, what does this mean? I have no idea what this means. And it's confusing and for some people it's boring. And so it's just not a pleasant activity. But I want to encourage you that as you go through Scripture and you do the things that are hard, it will actually begin to coalesce. All the different things in Scripture will coalesce into things that make a lot of sense and it will allow God to speak to you much clearer. Everything in life, this is a lesson that I've learned, everything in life that is of value does not come easy. How many would agree with that? Anything in life that is of value never comes easy. If it's hard, if it's difficult, most likely it's good for you. How many of you like vegetables? How many of you like zucchini? How many of you like squash? How many, how many of you like um, exercising? you enjoy exercising, working out? How many of you like eating healthy food and instead of going to Calais, you would rather choose fork and salad? How many of you just like would love fork and salad, all those greens and salad dressing and you just like wake up for that stuff? How many of you, <laughs> you know, God tricks us because, because he thinks, you think that marriage is going to be the most easy thing in the world? and it's going to be paradise, and it's going to be like Hollywood in the movies, and then you get into marriage. And how many of you would say, honestly, in church, because you can't lie in church, how many of you would say that marriage is pretty challenging? Yeah, the rest of you are liars, and you're going to hell. <laughs> but marriage is, it is challenging. But how many of you know that, that marriage is good for you? It, it, it shapes your character. It makes you less selfish. And then if you graduate marriage and you have kids, how many of you know that kids are the easiest thing in the world? Like, and that's a lie. And you're going to, no. <laughs> but kids are hard. And it shapes your character even more. And anything that's good for you is difficult. And scripture is not any different. Scripture is not the easiest thing in our Christian life, the discipline of getting into the word. But when you do get into the word, God begins to speak. So the first month, we talked about prayer and fasting, and that's not easy. And prayer, a lot of times, is just talking to God. But the word is listening to God. The word is listening to God, and a lot of times, listening for us is much more important than talking. How many of you are good listeners? Raise your hand if you're a good listener. Raise your hand if you like talking more than listening. I think the majority of people like talking more, more than listening. I'm one of those. And I have to force myself to shut up when other people are talking. And a lot of times God 
he wants to talk to me, and I'd much rather just pray. I'd much rather just listen to worship music. But he has something prepared for me in his word every day, and if I make the time to listen to him, he'll speak. Um, a lot of times, when, like, I've read the Bible all my life, but this soaping that I'm going to explain today, I, I've recently done this, maybe in the last eight years, made it a discipline in my life to do, maybe shorter than that. Uh, but what I found is that when I read scripture and I journal and I, I write down what I feel God's saying to me, it might not make sense the day that I write it down, but months later I can revisit it and see, oh my gosh, God was preparing me for COVID. I read my journals pre Lahaina fires, and I can see that God was speaking to me before the Lahaina fires happened. And it's so interesting when you write and journal things down, even if you don't understand it, that you'll find that God is always speaking. I, I, I give this story, even with my kids, I've taught my kids how to soap. And there is one time that my son, Caden, he was soaping, right? I had all my kids soaping. And then there was one day that my daughter, Alexis, dropped her phone, and the phone, uh, her iPhone face cracked. And then so she was like, oh, it's the old phone. I need to buy a new one anyway. So she went and she bought a new phone. And then she had this old phone. And she's like, hey, Caden, you want an iPhone? And then he's like, I don't know. And, she, and he goes, if it's free. And she goes, no way. I paid for this. I'll just give you a discount. And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, I'll give you like, just, just pay me 100 bucks." And he's like, I'm not going to pay 100 bucks for that. So they start bargaining on the price of the iPhone. And I tell Alexis, man, you're the sister. You should just be generous and give. And she, she's like, you know, pocket. She's super, like, she's not going to budge. She wants, she's like a businesswoman, right? And then, um, and so they're, they're, they're battling about the price. And then Caden goes, my soap. And then he runs and he grabs his soap journal. And literally the day before, he wrote a soap that said, do not, buy do not use your money to buy worthless items. <laughs> and I was like, look, God was speaking to you. Like, and so many times, we miss what God wants to And so he didn't buy it. And he's like, God told me yesterday not to buy worthless items, so I'm not going to buy it. And she goes, all right, I'll just give it to you. <laughs> How's that, right? So a lot of times, God will prepare us for stuff if we allow him to speak to us, and we, we do it through his word. Um, so why do we soap, and why do we jump into scripture? Number one, it gives us faith. Everyone say faith. <clears throat> so let's read the scripture together at the count of three. One, two, three. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And the same, you know, you don't have to read it again, but the second thing, it, it allows us to hear God. Prayer is one way, but when we read the scripture, it fills our hearts and it fills our minds. And then a lot of times, God will speak to us because of what we read. And so not only does it give us faith, but it gives us the ability to hear him clearly. How many of you know that Jesus loves you unconditionally? Raise your hand if you know that Jesus loves you unconditionally. How many are confident of that, that you know that God loves you unconditionally? How many of you know that God also loves the person that cut you off in Costco as you had your blinker on, and as soon as the car came out, that idiot that snaked your parking spot, that he loves that person too. How many of you are confident that he loves you? 
when you read scripture, a lot of times reading scripture, it, uh, it helps you understand the heart of God. And when you understand the heart of God, it allows you to hear his voice. So there's so many times that, like, I remember distinctly, it was one of the clearest times that I heard God. It, it's such a stupid thing, but we were driving to Key Wallows, and there was this guy in front of me, and he, he was, like, blasting his music, and then there was me and my friend, and we were going to go surf Key Wallows, and so we were, like, behind this guy in a Jeep and his friends, and they were, like, yelling and screaming and, and blasting their music, and, and so me and my friend, we were getting all irritated, and then it was super crystal clear where God said, I love those guys. And it was so crystal clear and so different from what I was thinking that I had to say it aloud. I was like, God likes those guys. And then my friend, he looked at me, he's like, what? And I said, I don't know. I just feel like, I just felt like God likes those guys. And it was so different from my mindset. And the only reason why I could hear that was because I knew that's the character of God through reading his word. And there's time after time that God informs us through that still small voice, because we spend time in his word. So how do we do it systematically? How do we soap? Um, if you looked at point two, we read the Bible in context. Everyone say context. Um, well, let's try to say that again. One, two, three. Context. We read the Bible in its context. How many have heard this scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? How many have that's a very famous scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, um, and a lot of times I hear that scripture, and it's used where, you know, a person is trying to do something very, uh, like, ambitious. Like, I want to start this business, or I want to be a millionaire, or I want to um, uh, make states, or I want to, you know, do certain things. And then, th and then they say, Philippians 4. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we only know that one verse. You want me to read it in its context? So when we read scripture, we go from the verse to the chapter and chapter to the book so that we can read it in its entirety of what it's saying. So this is Philippians 4. And that scripture is Philippians 4.13, but we're going to start at um, verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. And then he says, now that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Isn't that a different picture? What Paul was saying was, I don't need all the things in life to be fulfilled. I can have a lot and be fulfilled. I can have nothing and be fulfilled. My life and its fulfillment is not determined by my external circumstances because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's more about the internal character of, of Paul than him believing for some external accomplishment. And so when we read scripture, we want to read it in its context. Everyone say context. Um, we read to know Jesus. When we read scripture, all scripture is given to 
help us understand who Jesus is. Jesus said in John 5, 39, let's read this together at the count of three. One, two, three. He says to his disciples, you search the scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which testify of me. What, what Jesus is saying is a lot of times we read scripture because we think, oh, I'll be a better Christian, and I'll know more, and that's and I'll be more accomplished, in a, and, and through reading the Bible, I'll find eternal life. And Jesus is like, yeah, you will, but you have to read it with a desire to know me and let this thing unveil who I am. And, and Jesus said, you know, when he ra- rose from the dead and he's walking with his disciples, it said that he taught them all things in the scripture pertaining to him. So everything in scripture, everything in this book is talking about Jesus. Say this with me, because this is, this is uh, something that probably most of you guys know, but it's one thing that I just really thought was cool the first time I heard it. The Old Testament, you guys got to say it with me. The Old Testament is Jesus concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed. Okay. So when Jesus was walking with his disciples, he was probably saying, Hey, remember in Genesis, the Garden of Eden, when man sinned, and God killed an animal and covered Adam and Eve with the skin of that animal? That was me. Remember when Moses rose the serpent in the wilderness so that when everybody looked at the serpent, they got healed? That serpent in the wilderness was me taking on the sin of the world. Do you remember in the Old Testament where where Joseph, there's no sin recorded of Joseph, and he went to prison, and then from prison, he was taken out of prison and became second in command of all of Egypt and saved Egypt from, from famine. That was me, because I went into hell after I died, and then I resurrected so that everyone could be free. You know, every scripture in the Bible reveals who Jesus is, and if you read it through those lenses, uh, it will help you to know Jesus more. Amen? So how do we soap? Um, For those of you that want to join with us in the soap challenge, uh, we're giving a dollar per soap for all the kids. This is the time when the kids get in the Bible more than any other time of the year, because they know that they're going to get a dollar for every soap. And they journal, and you'll see them out here reading the Bible and writing out their soaps. And a lot of them get like over 30 bucks for soaping during this month. And I think it's a great thing. So like my, my daughter, I told her that I'll give her a dollar for the whole year. So, so she's been consistently journaling, and it's going to cost me 300-something dollars. But I think it's worth it. I think it's so worth it that they get the word uh, in them. So uh, how do we soap? How do you, how do, you do it? Um, The soap structure for February, we will read through the book of Matthew and read the chapter of the day. So February, so actually you can do it either way. There's like um, in the bulletin, there's a a schedule. And if you want to follow the schedule, you can just follow the schedule directly. Um, uh, Andreas, could you hold that up? So there's a schedule there that shows you the day of the month and then what chapter to read. Um, Or if you want, you can just read it with the day. That's kind of what what I did. So 
When you read the chapter of the day, February 1, we'll be soaping Matthew 1. February 2, we'll soap Matthew 2. And there's 28 chapters, so we can go through uh, almost the entire month of February. S stands for scripture, right? So when you journal, write S, and that stands for the scripture. Read the chapter for the day and ask Jesus to speak to you one verse out of that chapter and write that verse down. O, then you put O. O stands for observation. What do you observe about that verse that you just wrote down? Anything interesting stand out? Something you haven't seen before? What is God saying to you through this passage? So that's O. And then A stands for application. How will this scripture change the way that you behave? How will you practically apply this to your life? When God asks us to obey him, it's an invitation to partake in his divine nature because he will never ask us to do something that he hasn't done himself. This was like a different perspective for me. And I was walking around my kitchen and I had just done dishes and I don't do dishes in my house because I have kids for that. That's why we had kids is for them to do dishes. And they ask, they say, dad, how come you don't do dishes? And I say, that's, you're the designated dishwasher in the family. I do enough uh, outside the house. How many of you have designated dishwashers in your family? Yeah, how many of you are the designated dishwasher in your family? Um, when I grew up, and I, when I grew up in my home, my parents did assign us chores that they didn't want to do themselves. So I always mowed the lawn, I always trimmed the hedges, I did all the outside chores, and my, my sister did all the inside chores, and that's kind of the way it worked. And so I, I, I never saw my dad mow the lawn, although maybe he did. I never saw him trim the hedges, although maybe he did, because when you're a kid, you're only aware of yourself. Um, and as I became a parent, I thought, Dad, did you ever mow the lawn? Yeah. <laughs> of course. I just didn't see. You know what I did? I, I, I cured my boredom by uh, writing my name in, in the lawn before I mowed it. So, so when I became a parent, I did all the things that like, I felt I don't want to do, I don't want to do dishes, I'm going to have my kids do dishes. And I kind of assigned that. And what I did was I projected that onto God. And I, I, a lot of the commandments that he has, I was like, oh, he just wants me to do it, you know? And then I was, after I did the dishes, I'm walking around the kitchen, and I felt like God said, it, told, it was really clear, like, when, when I ask you to obey me, it's an invitation to partake of my divine nature because I will never ask you to do something that I haven't done myself. And I was like, whoa, that's pretty cool. It like takes on a different meaning to obey because he's inviting me to be like him. He says, do not lie because he doesn't lie. He says, do not steal because he's not a thief. He says, don't commit adultery because he is faithful. Everything that he asks us to do is stuff that he's done already. He asks us to forgive unconditionally, love unconditionally, because that's who he is. And when he asks us to obey, he's actually asking us, inviting us to partake of his divine nature, to be like him. Isn't that cool? And so it, obedience isn't like this dreaded chore, but it's an invitation to be, be like him. I thought that was awesome. Wow, John, that was an awesome insight. Uh, P stands for prayer. Everyone say prayer. Write a prayer that pertains to the scripture. So this is an example 
Uh, I'm just going to read my soap for today. Um, today is uh, February 4th, and so I did a soap this morning on Matthew 4, and, um, and Matthew 3 yesterday was the story of Jesus getting baptized, and it's kind of cool because today there's like 10 people that are going to get baptized, and after he was baptized, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. We just got through a time of fasting and prayer, and when he went into the wilderness, he was tempted by the, the enemy, and as he was tempted by the devil, it said that every single time the devil tempted him, that he quoted scripture, he quoted the word, and that's what we're focusing on. We're focusing on the word. Isn't that cool? Like the day, February 4th, that I'm soaping on February 4th, it has the elements of baptism, the elements of fasting, and the elements of being in the word. And that's what God does all the time. Like when you jump into the word and you say, God, speak to me, he'll speak to you. So scripture, uh, the first one, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So for all of us, when we come to church, we sing, we enter the presence of God, that's what you feel is you feel like the peace of God on your life. You feel him saying, you are my son. You are my daughter. I am pleased with you. I forgive you. I love you. And that's the voice of God. And Jesus, after he came out of the waters of baptism, he heard that voice. What's the first thing that the enemy does? Uh, let's read that scripture, the next scripture together, if you can, and you have like really good vision because that's super small. One, two, three. And after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So Jesus when he was challenged, when the enemy said, God doesn't love you. God's, you're not God's son. If you're God's son, then do this. If, if you're really loved by God, then how come this is going wrong in your life? If you really are accepted by God, then how come the person that you love just passed away? How come God didn't heal that person, but he healed this person? It must be because you're not really his son. You're not really his daughter. And the enemy puts those doubts. And what Jesus did, he didn't try to prove himself. Instead, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So my observation of this scripture is it's interesting that we are finished with the series on fasting and prayer, and that many will be baptized today, and that we are beginning a series on the word of God. Those previous scriptures is the scripture that we are assigned yesterday and today, and shows that Jesus fasted and prayed and when he was tempted to doubt the words spoken over him by the Father, that he used scripture to fight against the enemy. If Jesus didn't use his own willpower and his own thoughts to battle Satan, how much more do I need to have the word in my heart to battle the enemy? So that's like my observation of that scripture. If Jesus battled Satan with the word of God, and he's the son of God, then how much more do I need the word of God to battle when the enemy comes against me? And how much more do you need the word of God to battle against the enemy when he comes against you? Um, so the application, what's the application? 
In every temptation, Jesus said, it is written, referring to scripture that had been written. There are many promises that God has over my life, and there's many promises that God has over your life. God made every single one of us for a specific purpose that will be fulfilled only when we are in relationship to him. Every promise will be challenged by the evil one. How many of you have experienced that? That you have an inkling of what, you ha- what God has for you, and as you begin to walk that out, immediately there's a challenge. And the enemy won't just let you walk into the purpose that God has for you. Of course, he's going to come against you. So number one, I need to know God's promises over my life. Number two, I need to know how the enemy is going to tempt me to put doubt And number three, I need to know the word of God to fight the enemy. And then the temptation that Jesus had was the same temptation that Adam had in the garden. So this is like where we get to the context, right? How many of you have read the whole Bible from beginning to end? How many of you have read the whole Bible from beginning to end? Okay, if you haven't read the Bible from beginning to end, I just want to encourage you that maybe this year, 2024, is a good year to do that. And when you read the Bible from beginning to end, you begin to see like all of these things that relate to one another. Um, Jesus, he was tempted three times. Adam was tempted three times. Jesus was tempted by lust of the flesh, the bread, uh, the lust of the eyes. He was tempted by the devil saying, I'm going to give you all these cities. And then the pride of life. If you're the son of God, throw yourself off this tower and then the angels will catch you. Adam had the same three temptations. In Genesis, he was tempted because uh, the tree was good to eat, it was uh, pleasant to the taste, and it was desired to make one wise. And so you begin to see like all of these connections. And then you apply it to your own life. Like every temptation that you face, every temptation that confronts us in our lives, that's different from God's will, it's because it looks good. It feels good, and it makes sense. It's the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. That's what 1 John 2.16 says. It looks good, it feels good, and it makes sense. And Adam had the choice between what looked good, feels good, makes sense, to trusting in Jesus. And if he trusted in God, then his relationship with God would have grown, and he wouldn't have needed this other stuff. And Jesus... He is the second Adam. He came on the scene, devil tempted him, and he overcame. And so just, so my application, sorry, I'm going off. But my application, just because it looks good, feels good, makes sense, doesn't mean it's from the Lord. Every day I make choices that are between either trusting in Jesus and then trusting in things that might look good, feel good, make sense. I need to trust Jesus above the things of the world. So my prayer, God, you've called me to be in the world, but not of it. So many times I fall short in trusting myself in my own wisdom to do the things that look good, feel good, and make sense. But you have things that are much greater for me and help me to trust you and love you more than the things of this world. Amen. Amen. So this is, when you get into a discipline of soaping, it really begins to change your perspective of the world. And you begin to see the world through God's lenses, and uh, it helps you to trust him more. We're going to close with a worship song if the worship team can come up. Um, Or do we have time?
Can, yeah, can we? Yes? Yes, okay. Hurry up. <laughs> um, why don't we stand? We'll stand and we'll sing uh, Sure Foundation, uh, just the first couple of verses. And God, we just thank you, Lord, for the power of your word, that through your word, that you can transform our hearts and lives. You can give us perspective. You can help us to see the things that are into the future. God, every single one of us have a destiny and a purpose that you've created us for. And God, I know that you're not a God that haphazardly meets with us, but you're a God of preparation. And I was just reflecting on when you crossed the ocean, when you crossed the Sea of Galilee to the man who was recorded as being filled with demons and naked and nobody could, nobody could control him and he was bound with chains. It said that you went over and you're sleeping on a pillow and at the end of your encounter with him, you, you healed him, you touched him, he was set free and in his right mind and when the people from the village came out, they saw him clothed. And God, every single one of us are like that man that are chained and bound by different things in our lives. And when you come and, and you take the journey to cross over that sea to find us, you come with not just healing for our mind, will, and our emotions, but you come to cover us and to clothe us. You come prepared. Even as you clothed Adam and Eve with their nakedness, you clothe them with animal skin. You clothe us with your presence and you clothe us with your righteousness. And every single morning, you prepare a table before us. You prepare something unique and special in your word for every single one of us to consume. And God, I pray your grace that you would that you would help us to develop a, a anticipation and an expectancy that you would speak words to our hearts that would transform and change our lives. God, I thank you for every single person who's entering the waters of baptism this morning that is surrendering their lives to you in this adventure in your kingdom to be known and loved by you and to experience who you are and to make your presence known to those who are around them. God, we pray that you would meet them in the waters of baptism in a special way, change and transform their hearts and lives. God, we thank you that in this world, there are so many things that are changing, but God, that you are a faithful God who never changes. And we anchor our hope on you and your faithfulness, who you are. In Jesus' wonderful name.